Are you one of the many couples who began your relationship in what we call the high octane or honeymoon stage, but now life has you wondering, where did all that love and connection go? Hey, if this sounds like part of your current story, welcome to the Red Truck Marriage Podcast. We want to help you experience God's best in marriage, a relationship that is stronger, deeper, and more exciting than ever before. So meet my wife and co-host, Stuart Anderson. And he's my husband and co-host, Dr. David Anderson. It's time for you to become the heroes of your marriage story. So let's get started. everybody, and welcome to the Red Truck Marriage Podcast. Yes, thanks for joining us today. We have a great episode for you because we have two of some of our very favorite people in the whole world today. Yes. Tricia and Tony Vismore, or I should say the Reverend Tony Vismore. That's right. You know, folks, Tony happens to be one of my very best friends. And Stuart and I invited Tricia and Tony to be on the Red Truck Marriage Podcast because they are huge fans of marriage. (laughs) They really are, and they keep it real, and that's really important to us on this podcast. Yeah, so today we're calling this episode Bringing Out the Best in Your Spouse. I know you're going to get a ton out of this. Yes, you will. So let's get started. Tony, Tricia, welcome to the Red Truck Marriage Podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. It's great to be with you guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. It really is. And, you know, I was thinking this morning, I woke up and I was so excited, you know, knowing that you guys are going to come up to the mountains with us and be a part. And by the way, folks, uh, just before we um, well stepped into the studio to do the pod- podcast, we went on a hike and got up in the mountains. and Oh, was, we've had a beautiful full day <laughs> yeah. of just having a great time outside. Yes, it was. And, you know, when I woke up this morning, I started thinking about you folks, and my excitement was going up. Like, I get to see my friends. And, um, you know, I, I felt emotional mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm feeling emotional. I know. <laughs> you know, you guys, you're such a part of our story. Right. And I don't know about you, Stuart, but I I am so It's one of the best parts of the story was in the beginning. In the beginning. Because we met with Trisha and Tony before we got married, and and Tony married us. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course, that's one of the most special parts of our story together. Oh, I'm Mm -hmm. so grateful. Plus, you guys, um, you know, you did our... Uh, premarital mm-hmm. stuff. I can remember sitting in y'all's kitchen, right? And uh, having dinner and hanging out and just talking about marriage, man. And here we are now doing a podcast on marriage, Amazing. right? Well, we can certainly say we would reciprocate all those feelings. Uh, what you mean to our lives as friends, uh, what your testimony uh, in Christ as a married couple has meant to yeah. us, how it has inspired us, how it's strengthened us and challenged mm-hmm. us uh, and helped us to be better. It's 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 really a mutual uh, benefiting uh, relationship that we love you guys dearly. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and it, it was something we were deeply looking forward to yeah. and uh, have really enjoyed our time again with you guys today. Yeah, mm-hmm. we we we. Uh, went out to lunch and Tony and I have this thing that we do whenever we go out to lunch. Uh, and it's been several times over the years of our friendship 
like you might as you got to mark off three hours. Right? That's right. That's so right. We sat down today with our wives at the at the lunch table at this restaurant, uh, and it was one of those things like, uh, "Hey, we can't do three hours, right? <laughs> we have our wives with us." Um, so thank you all for being here. I really thank mean you. that. Thank you for having us. So we're here. Uh, we want to talk about marriage, obviously, but I, I want our listeners to hear a little bit of your story. Like, tell us how you met and give us kind of that Reader's Digest version, if you will. (laughs) Tell us your story. Trisha, let's start with you. How did you meet this guy? Well, Tony and I met where every good preacher should meet his wife. (laughs) We met at church. (laughs) My family had recently moved to the area, and we were looking for a new place to worship and went to the church where Tony and his family were serving and ministering there. And... um, yeah, the rest is history. Yeah, I saw him from afar. There was maybe 30 people there. And so, um, yeah, we just started talking, and we were friends for a while and started dating, and, and the rest is history. Here mm. we are. Yeah, I was. Um, I remember the night she walked in. It was a small church. It was a startup church. I was helping a friend as he was starting this uh, ministry, and um, I remember her walking in. Uh, I was uh, playing the guitar on stage that night. And so, yeah, I remember meeting her and, and, and that, and that's where it started. It was, um, you know, I was, I was probably at a time in my life where I was um, probably for the first time in a long time, not really looking for a relationship and really yeah. needing to surrender some of those areas in my life over to Christ. And, um, and, and that's when the Lord seemed to bring uh, Trisha in at just the right time. And so, yeah, we fell in love, got married 25. We just celebrated 25 years yeah. in wow. March. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we were supposed to be, we were going to go to Hawaii. We'd been saving our money, oh. planning, looking forward to that. And of course, COVID hit. And so uh, I just told her, I said, I'm not going to sit at a luau with a mask on <laughs> in Hawaii for our 25th. <laughs> so we went to, uh, I think, P.F. Chang's yes. in Beaufort, Georgia. <laughs> what instead. a trade-off. <laughs> David would say that's the perfect trade-off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was P.F. a good Chang's night. Was good. Yeah. It was good. And we'll go to, we'll, we'll go, we'll make we'll it to Hawaii. We'll eventually get there, sure. Of God eventually, but uh, hey, not to mention, I'm sure when she walked in, you thought she was hot. (laughs) Oh, she's smoking hot, that hasn't changed a minute. Oh, you're sweet. Now, I will tell you this, and depending on where your listeners are and what traditions there are in their houses of worship, uh, in this particular church we were at, uh, is a church that uh, would oftentimes at the end of the service offer prayer for people if you wanted to come up and receive prayer. Uh, then the the leadership of the church would pray for you. And Trisha had come up, and she had this long, curly hair. I mean, it was Mm. probably down Mm. two-thirds of the way down her back. (laughs) And it had a lot of product on it. And so I was on the prayer team that night, and I was just standing behind her, and I just laid my hand on her shoulder to pray for her. Sure you did. And and so I I must have been nervous because my hand was sweaty. (laughs) Which activated the product in her hair, apparently, because when I went to move my hand, her hair went with me. And now I'm in this most awkward moment of... How do I get my hand detached from her hair without hurting me? I remember that. Now, I had forgotten that story. That's amazing. I, don't, I had forgotten all about that, but yes, it was a lot of product. And I thought, oh my gracious, this cute guy's touching me. My hair is stuck to his hand. Nice. What are you going to do with that? I know there are a lot of those stories, and, I, and I, I hope they come, you know, of course, not all of them, but most of them come out today as we share them. Um, great story. Thanks for letting us in on that. Have we shared with our listeners that we've attended church, that Tony is our pastor for 
How Gosh. many years? Long time, ever since we've when been you married. When you were single. Well, you yeah. Yeah. Stuart right. was there before, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's over 16, 17 years. Yeah, I remember when you guys started dating. I mm-hmm. remember your courtship, your engagement. Wow. Uh, the remarkable privilege of being able to do your wedding, uh, watching you navigate all of that that comes with a second marriage yeah, and man. blended mm-hmm. families mm-hmm. and sorting all of that out. Mm-hmm. And you guys have just continually leaned into the cross. You continue mm-hmm. to look to Christ. Uh, and it's again, it's just been a remarkable journey for me to watch from very close seats. Mm-hmm. The hand of the Lord work through uh, these seasons of your life. Some of them have been just remarkable high water moments. Other moments of your life have you just had to grind it through yep. and work it through. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the benefits of having a long term pastor and being a long term pastor is you get to see the story of God. Mm-hmm being written not in just paragraphs or in a chapter, but in multiple chapters. And the volume of God's work in your life uh, really becomes the testimony of God in the community. And so we love you guys for that. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you saying saying that. that. Mm -hmm. Now, you you folks have kids, right? Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about them, if you will. Oh, sweet. I love talking about my kids. <laughs> They're not so little anymore. We've got two. Chandler, our son, is a senior. He's about to finish up at Georgia. And our daughter, Taylor, is a, a year behind him. She's also at Georgia. Uh, so, yeah, they're That's they're cool. out. We're empty nesters, which is yeah. a whole new season of life for us uh, that we are thoroughly enjoying. So, yeah. yeah. And I know you're <laughs> proud of those two kids, yes. too. Yeah, they're, yeah they're doing great. And we nearly have them off the payroll, most yeah. importantly. <laughs> <laughs> it will happen. Yeah, it will happen. That's what we leave. Hey, so listen, I want to I want to dive in to this marriage stuff. Um, you know, this whole idea of, you know, bringing out the best in our spouse. I heard you give a sermon one time, Tony, and it wasn't too long ago that I want to drill down on some. Uh, It was built on this notion of this covenant marriage, this covenant uh, relationship, this commitment fueled by love. And uh, I want to hear you talk a little bit about that. Like, um, the com- the covenant relationship, perhaps, uh, versus like a contractual relationship. Tell our audience a little bit about that, would you? Yeah, one of the things I wanted to drill down in on that, that message was we, we live in a, a culture today, a society where everything is contractually based. Mm-hmm. And the Bible doesn't speak in terms of contract. The Bible speaks to us in terms of covenant. And it's like one of the most important words that we have in the scripture. And a covenant is a relationship between two people. Uh, it's it's a spiritual relationship often. It's a deep relationship. It's, re- mm-hmm. it's a relationally driven relationship. Uh, we see this idea of covenant throughout the scripture as to how God relates to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first covenant we see is the covenant he made with Noah. And that was after the story of the ark and the rainbow. And the covenant was that God is never going to flood the earth again. So when we see a rainbow, we should not just trigger back to, oh, Noah's story. It should trigger us back to the faith, the fact that God is loving and gracious and he is faithful to his promises from generation to generation. Mm. Then you get into the story of Abraham and the Abrahamic covenant that, uh, Abraham, we're going to be in this relationship and I'm going to bless you and I'm going to be your God and I'm going to lead and direct you and bring you to a land and fulfill destiny in your life. Um, 
and we see that, and that covenant today is still in play. And then we see the Davidic covenant, that when the Messiah, Christ, would come, that he would sit upon David's uh, throne. And we see these covenants. And even in the New Testament, it was Jesus who, on the night he was betrayed, he gives us and institutes what we call the Lord's Supper or the Eucharist or uh, communion table. Mm -hmm. And the language he used was, this is the blood of the new covenant, this Mm -hmm. relationship we have. In America, because we're such a litigious society, everything is driven by contract. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want a cell phone, you got to go sign a contract. If you want to buy a house, you got to sign a contract. If you want to buy a car, everything is contractual. The difference between contract and covenant, there's so many we could go on here, but to quickly summarize, is, is a contract is always going to be watching out for my best interest. Mm-hmm. When you and I enter a contractual relationship, Yes, I want you to have some benefits, but what I'm really looking to do is protect my rights and my assets, Mm. that I become the most important person in that whole transaction. And I'm going to protect myself from whatever may come. Mm -hmm. A covenant relationship is just the opposite. In a covenant relationship, I am making this relationship, I'm entering into this relationship where your needs and your rights are the most important in the relationship, not mine. Yeah. yeah. And so when, we're, we're, when we move into this relationship of covenant, then instead of me trying to guard me and protect me and my rights and what I want and my dreams and my goals, now I take what I am, my strengths, my weaknesses, my resources, and I lay it at Trisha's feet. Mm for her best advantage because in covenant relationship um, I'm going to cover her weaknesses in covenant relationship. I'm going to support her. I'm going to supply her. I'm going to watch out for her best interest, not my own. Mm. So that's really what we wanted to drill down in. And that's how God treats us. Yeah. I, I, I like, I, I love, love Yeah. Thanks for explaining it that way. It's just such a powerful thing for people to grasp for couples to grasp you know, Tricia, when Tony was delivering that message, um, mm-hmm. he, he talked about couples needing to celebrate their differences, mm-hmm. which sounds difficult in how he just described there. But so speak to us about that. Is it a mindset or way of thinking? And, and how, what does that look like in day to day marriage? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times in marriage, we, we tend to think of differences as bad things mm-hmm. instead of seeing them as good things. You know, I heard a preacher say a long time ago how no one person could ever be 100% of what we need. Mm. Even when we get married and we have what we see as the perfect spouse, Tony could only ever be 80% of what I need. Only God can be the 100% of what I need. So why would I take the 80% of good that Tony is but focus on the 20% that he's not. Mm. And that's a lot of times what we do with differences. We think of them as that 20% of the bad that he isn't for me, that he really can never be because only Christ can be 100% of what I need. And so I focus on the 20% instead of focusing on that 80% that Tony is. So I think um, when I think of differences in our marriage, I think of those things. And I see the 20% of the differences that we have 
as good. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times when um, things get crazy or hectic or super busy, I have a tendency to get flustered and really um, start to um, not know what to say and different things like that. And Mm -hmm. I said to someone one day, I just need to talk to Tony because Tony calms me. Like he can do that for me Mm -hmm. because he in pressure, under pressure, he's good. Like he's focused and he's steady and he's calm. All of those things, those differences. Yeah. He sees them as a challenge. Like we're going to get through this and we're going to do it together. And whereas I, you know, melt. So that's that's one difference that I think of in our marriage, whereas he's, he's calm and laser focused under pressure. And I tend to you know, shrivel up. Can I tell you, I'm sorry for interrupting you, but I just had this thought that something that you were saying, like, you know, that 20%, you you know, like one of his differences Mm -hmm. is his ability to problem solve and step in and, you know, kind of calm your, your spirit, you Mm -hmm. know, when you spool up maybe Mm -hmm. with fear or anxiety or whatever it might, may be. Mm -hmm. But there's also that 20% of difference. Mm Mm-hmm that I know drives you nuts, right? Yes. And because there, there's, I know there's 20%, there's some stuff in me that drives <laughs> yeah. Stuart nuts, right? And my goodness, we, we hear that with couples a lot. But I, I love what you just said about you making a conscious effort mm-hmm. to focus on... The 80. Yes. You've got, mm-hmm. You have to, because we're all going to have 20%. This is not, I, there's 20% of me that's not good, you know, that's different than him that drives him nuts. I make piles. He doesn't like that, yeah. you know? So that's just a difference. But we, I think you just have to choose to say that there, that's one thing. Why am I going to focus on that when there's 80% good that he is for me? And I think sometimes we make this mistake of thinking that difference is bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Difference isn't different or isn't bad. It's just different. Yeah. Uh, you may have a different opinion about this issue. You may have a different idea about that. Uh, I think one of the struggles that we face is this idea that one has always got to be better than the exactly. other. And it's not about better than or less than. Mm-hmm. It's just different than. Yeah. And so to to appreciate that and to realize that she has a perspective that is different than mine, and it actually may be the best perspective that I need to lean into mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to that. And we, we do see this. We see this this over-focus on what my spouse doesn't bring or our differences. And it's been in my experience as a pastor now 25 years, is we, we have seen where too many couples, they'll focus on the difference and allow the difference to be a a, like a deal breaker. A deal yeah. breaker yeah. and bring disunity to their home, bring uh, this mm-hmm. frustration. And they, and then, inevitably, the evil one will put Mr. and Mrs. 20% in your path. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, they're stroking that 20% that you feel like your spouse isn't stroking or meeting that need. And, and all of a sudden, you get caught up in Mr. or Mrs. 20%. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, five years later... You're in that marriage now with Mr. and Mrs. 20%, and you wake up and say, my God, I gave up 80% for 20%. Exactly. We just want to say, hey, differences are okay, and it's 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 wonderful. It's kind of what makes it great. You know, if two people agree on 
everything all the time, all that means is one of them is never doing any thinking for themselves. Right. Yeah. Right. I think that you're touching on one of the danger areas, which are the expectations we bring to a marriage that, that right. shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. But you've... Um, You've covered that greatly with how you talked about it. Actually, when you were given that talk about this, I remember you had this line in there. You go, you said something like, listen, man, our marriage doesn't need another Tony. (laughs) (laughs) One is enough. I don't know if it always even needs the Tony it has. Exactly. Well, while you're talking about this, this leads us to another um, area that we discuss often, and we'd love to hear your thoughts about it. on to becoming one. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and you know we we've talked about this on the podcast. Uh, even Paul said that you know it's a great mystery. This notion: how do is it that two people, two individuals, can become one, yet remain individuals? Mm-hmm. You know where they don't lose themselves, like who mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's so important. I love what you said a few minutes ago, Tony, when you, you were saying, you know, there are times where, you know, it's Trish that is is the leader Absolutely. in our home, right? Like, you know, like there's this, this, this equalness, this, it's, mm-hmm. I submit to her when, when truth or Christ comes out of her, mm-hmm. right? I'm to submit to her. Uh, and I, I love that notion of, you know, becoming one but remaining individuals, not mm-hmm. losing yourself, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. What's well, your take on that? Well, it's, it's interesting you said that. Um, I don't know if you even remember this, Stuart, mm-hmm. but you came to my office when you guys, I think, I don't even know if you were dating yet. You were new to the church, and you made an appointment at the office, and you came in and said, I, said, I got one question. And I said, sure, fire away. What is your view of women in ministry? Hmm. You remember that? I do, because Martha <laughs> Cahoon was with me on that, and she encouraged me to come and meet with you. It was a, it was a d- discussion we were having. Yeah. And so that was a great question, and I think it's a very important question um, that people should ask. And if you were to ask me theologically, I'm egalitarian. Uh, I do, I'm not a complementarian saying, well, men have only this role, and women can only have this role, and those roles can't. Or this idea that because I'm the man, I don't believe the New Testament gives us this, this, this instruction because I'm the man of the house that God only directs and leads through me. I believe there are times when Tricia has the mind of God over a situation substantially mm-hmm. clearer than I do. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to bow up on this and bring out this idea that, well, hey, I'm the man and I've got to have the word of God in direction. All I'm going to do is drive my family in the ditch. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and so this idea of being able to say, we are we are truly partners in this, in this mm-hmm. journey, which means we both have responsibilities to it. We both have uh, commitment to it. And, and we talk this stuff out. But I think that one, uh, I, I would only be a little careful as a pastor with this, because when the scripture says it's a mystery, that means... There is this mystery, and I think the mystery mm-hmm. there is how the Holy Spirit does this without necessarily giving us all the mechanisms as to how he does this. Mm-hmm. That that Holy Spirit in the mystery of his work in the communion of mm-hmm. our marriage, that I can celebrate Tricia for all that she is, mm-hmm. all that Christ has done, all that Christ is still doing. 
and all that Christ is going to reveal as we go forward. And, and, and I think for me, part of that oneness is this idea of the celebration of who she is in Christ and what Christ is doing in her. And then that's inverted. And so we, we find that, um, you know, it's that mystery that of, of the husband and wife and Christ in the church, that union there that is, that is holy. It's, it's unique. Yes. And so as we, we, we lean into that, I don't want her to be a reflection of Tony. I want her to be a reflection of Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't want me to be a reflection of Trisha. I want, I, I want to be a reflection of, of Christ, but in reflecting Christ, I never stop being Tony. Yes. I'll say it like this. Um, Tony Evans, uh, Dr. Tony Evans, great preacher. He said this one time, and it really jarred me. He says, too often we talk about, Lord, hide us behind the cross that no one sees us, and they only see you. But that's not how Christ has designed us. It is through us mm-hmm. that men see Christ. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. through our marriage that mm-hmm. Christ, it's not us hiding behind anything. Mm-hmm. It's us standing in the fullness of his light and in the greatness of his love and mercy and kindness that it is through us mm-hmm. that the world, it's Christ in us that is the hope of glory, not Christ me hiding behind anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and when that shows up in marriage, yeah, mm-hmm. like practically, I think mm-hmm. of... You know, we did an episode a while back. Uh, we called it uh, Never Take It All Off, you know. Uh, and the point was, you know, in that Colossians verse about, you know, clothing yourself with tenderhearted mercy yep. and patience and mm-hmm. kindness and, mm-hmm. you know, putting on love in our marriages. Yeah. Uh, like those are the clothes, so to speak. Those are the, the, the things that we put on every day. Mm-hmm. In our spouse, that reflects who Christ, Christ. is, yeah. right? Um, and and going back to what you initially said about this covenant relationship, um, to me, that's what makes it all go. Like mm-hmm. there is this, I do. I said I do to lay in my life down mm-hmm. for you, mm-hmm. where this covenant is to protect you, not mm-hmm. me. It yeah. protects you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so to me, that's what makes it all work. Mm-hmm. The the I do uh, with of the covenant. Right. Right. So work. I was thinking um, we talked when Tony was saying people should see Christ in us through mm-hmm. us. And um, when we were talking about being individual yet one, I was thinking of when, uh, you know, Tony felt the call to go to Athens to pastor years before I was ready to go to Athens. Mm -hmm. When he first told me that, I said, no, oh, I don't know. I do not want to go there. I, my, my image was it's a college town and I don't want to raise a family there. And he could have said, I'm the man, not God has told me and we're going to go, you know, because we're one now and I'm, and we're Mm -hmm. going together. But he didn't do that. He waited for a few years until the door opened and it was the right place for us to be. And was the one time in my whole life, he came home from a lunch meeting and said, I had a meeting and there's an opening at a church in Athens. And the Lord spoke to me in what was nearly an audible voice, the only time in my life. And he said, you're going. 
And mm-hmm. he said it just mm-hmm. like that because that's sometimes how I have to be spoken to. And God told me that, and that was it. It yeah. settled it. Mm-hmm. And he had waited. Tony had waited. And I saw Christ in him yeah. loving me that way. I just want to tell you, that is one of my favorite stories of you two. And I have told it many times to couples to yeah. explain the concept of being one with each other and mm-hmm. seeing Christ in each other. So I'm so glad you told that story again today. I love it. I do too. And, and you know, I, I think this is really good stuff for, for listeners in this way. You know, even something smaller than making a move, like that's big. Sure. Right. But what about the day to day? Like, mm-hmm. you know, where we're trying to make this decision about, you know, Purchasing a vehicle or, you know, getting another home or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, moving or, you know, something much smaller than just, just move, moving, you know, moving yeah. location. And, you know, for many couples, I think, you know, there is this huge conflict where oftentimes men, you know, mm. will step up and say, well, hold on, you know, I'm. You know, I'm the head of the home, mm-hmm. right? Whatever the heck that means. Especially now. Exactly. But where Tony like heard that mm-hmm. and his response was to wait. Yeah. And that. And he waited the, patiently. Exactly. He didn't mm-hmm. just wait with pressure. Has God spoken to you yet? Are you mm-hmm. ready? Did you, did you hear it? He, he just didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. He just waited. Um. It was, it was, it's a beautiful place for us to look back to and for me to see Christ in him and working through him because he was loving me at that moment like Christ loves the church. It's just plain and simple. I I think one of these things, and to your point about the daily things, it comes down to is it more important for me to be right or for us to get this right? Mm. I like Mm -hmm. that. And, and I think too often we uh, go into these decisions and we want what we want. All of us do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a part of the human experience, our own selfishness, our own dreams, or whatever that might be. And, and so this is what I want. And this is right for us. This is the right car. This is the right neighborhood. This mm-hmm. is the right friends. This is the. But is it the right thing for us? And and I'm right on this. I know I've done the research. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm the analytical one in the family. I'm the one that does it. This is right. Mm-hmm. Or I'm right is what we drive so often. I'm right on this. Listen to our arguments. You know, we, we just we just kind of build our camp right here. And I'm right. You're wrong. And we're going to duke it out until one of us just finally submits. Mm-hmm. But trying to come to a place, is this right for us mm-hmm. that should be the more important is this god's best for us yeah and if that means no even though it may hurt in the moment it may frustrate us in the moment we may have to take a step back and it may even feel like a big setback yeah we say we said no this isn't right because i knew this in that whole deal that trish was just talking about i don't want to assume that i have the market cornered on the voice of god for my family I could be wrong. Exactly. And when there are two people mm-hmm. discerning mm-hmm. that, yeah. right? Right. It has to be better than one. Right? Yes. Yeah. And, yes. And, and why would something so important yeah. 
Why would God speak solely to me and not my wife who loves him and seeks him? Don't I want that? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. called partnership. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the best covenant you know, relationship. You just mentioned this, uh, this term, God's best in marriage. Uh, talk to us. A little bit about that, like what does that mean to you? And we're and we're kind of talking about it now. Uh, this whole concept of you know decision making as a partnership. Um, but say a little bit more about what does God's best in marriage mean to you, particularly in the context of communication. Mm. Any thoughts about that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think communication. When we do our premarital work with couples, uh, we spend a lot of time. Uh, just drilling down on communication because it's not that we're usually not talking. It's usually that we're not understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can say the same exact thing in the same exact context uh, and be in completely different orbits yeah. and thinking that the other person is in our orbit. Mm-hmm. Trisha can walk into our closet mm-hmm. and she can say, I have nothing to wear. Mm-hmm. Which means I don't like anything in the closet. I want mm-hmm. something new. I don't feel great and whatever. Mm-hmm. I can walk into that same closet on the same day and say, I have nothing to wear. And it simply means all my clothes are dirty. Right. <laughs> same exact. She can walk in and ask me, how was your day? It was fine. It means it was fine. I ask her, how was your day? It was fine. It doesn't usually mean fine. <laughs> So I think this idea of sitting down and learning to communicate, which means learning how to ask the right questions like you guys are helping us do on these podcasts about how to listen to that question, what's really being said in that statement. Yeah, we call it listening for understanding. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. um, one of the things that you guys taught us and you've reinforced in our life and we, we do it often is, is coming back and saying, especially in those conversations that get a little amped up. To come back and go, okay, let me make sure this is what I hear you're saying. Yeah. And it's remarkable, even 25 years into marriage, mm-hmm. where one of us in almost this exasperated moment going, no, that is not <laughs> what I am saying. Yeah. But to but to crank down, because what God wants us to be able to do is to walk in the light and in truth of this moment. Mm-hmm. And if we're not syncing up and communicating in that, and it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to communicate. I can't communicate well with my wife on a text. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can't communicate uh, well on a cell phone talk. I, I need some eyeball to eyeball time. I need to I need to hear her. I need to see her body language. I need to see her response mm-hmm. when I make a story. I say, well, okay, mm-hmm. that triggered something. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what best means is that I am committed to this to this woman. I'm committed to your life. I'm committed to your best. Mm-hmm. Because that's what God's best is. Mm-hmm. For that, it's just probably how I try to quickly define. I like that. It makes me think of the, the the hemorrhaging woman in the Gospels, where you know Jesus she touches his cloak and you know she she gets healed. But to me, the, the one of the most remarkable parts of that story was that you know the Scripture says that he sat with her mm. and she told him her whole story. And that, you know, we use the term uh, in, in our work with couples, getting knee-to-knee time where, you know, I, I could just picture, you know, Christ in that 
dear woman who had struggled, I think, like 12 years, mm-hmm. uh, sitting knee to knee where he heard her whole story. Yeah. You know, I'd, I know that's God's best in marriage for yeah. us to do. And, and what, what we lose in that moment, what we lose in that moment of that story is the story itself. Jesus was surrounded by a mob of people, all making demands on him, all making requests of his time, needing something from him. That sounds like one of my days. It's it's a mosh pit. I mean, Jesus is in this mosh pit. He's on his way, actually, to heal Jairus' daughter. His daughter, that's right. So Jairus is going, come on, Jesus, we got to go. This is busy. We're on schedule. My daughter's not well. She could die. And that in that crazy context of his life, in his busy schedule, he said, you matter so much. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to stop the train. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think when we do that in our marriage, it's like, whoa, whoa, because we all have a lot of voices in our head. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of action in our life. There's some. There's always another phone call to make. There's always another email to respond to. There's the next game on, you know, March Madness, whatever that is. But to say, whoa, I'm going to stop and I want to sit down and I don't want to hear you. Well, one of Stuart's favorite words is choice. Yeah. Like we were talking about a little while ago, and you're mm-hmm. you're really talking about a choice. Yeah, you are. You are. But also, all of these discussions that we're having today are just describing the different layers of intimacy of of living out God's best in your marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, just starting with talking about a covenant marriage as opposed to contractual, and then celebrating differences, and then communication. I just love all of this, but it it truly is talking about intimacy as well, and we mean that. That deep connection where you choose to turn and listen and want to listen mm-hmm. and have that mindset. Um, yeah, that's good. That's I, good. Well, and I always think about, um, I don't know why we we reserve our best behavior for people we barely know. Mm. Like his, my relationship with him is forever. And yet I'm le- I can be least patient with him yeah. and least understanding with him. Guilty. You know, guilty. like, why do I do that? Why am yeah. I kinder to, to yeah. and why do I try harder to understand and communicate well with people I barely know or with people I work with than with him? Like, I, I should give him more because he's my forever relationship, right? He's my, he's the one I'm in covenant with. Ultimately, yeah. I should I should want to know what he thinks. I should want to communicate with him and understand him because he's the most outside of my relationship with Christ. He is my most important. So mm-hmm. I should treat it that way. We just don't sometimes. I mean, we're all guilty mm-hmm. of that. I'm guilty of that. But we should. We should really put the importance on the relationships that are most important. Yeah. And you know something along those lines, uh, Trish. Uh, that's such a great point. Mm-hmm. And um, it, one of the things I'm thinking about with that, like, what are the things, the obstacles, like, t- that hold me back from being that person I want to be? Mm-hmm. Like, like you're saying, like, where I'm, I'm, I'm more patient with Tony. He sees mm-hmm. my best, be, you know, versus somebody that doesn't know me at all. Yeah. You know, I think of things like, you know, resentment does that. Mm-hmm. You know, when we feel resentment toward mm-hmm. our spouse, we're mm-hmm. angry with our spouse. Uh, perhaps I'm harboring some hurt, something, mm-hmm. some conversation 
that's yeah. happened between us, yeah. you know, those kind of things. So, which is why it's so important to talk about mm-hmm. these feelings that I have. And I know, you know, that's most counselors say that, you know, talk about your feelings, <laughs> talk about you. But, you know, because if I harbor them, if I hold on to them, then the last thing I'm probably going to do behaviorally is to go be patient with right. this person who I, I feel resentment over sure. for whatever reason. Right. Um, so I, I'm curious, like, how, how do you <laughs> folks pull that off? I know there's times you haven't, right? Because you're yeah. human. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell me about like transcending, you know, my, my feelings toward him that mm-hmm. may hinder me from putting on love for him yeah. in a given moment. Yeah. Well, you know, we are not perfect by any means. And even in 25 (laughs) years of marriage, we still don't have this down. Sure. You know, I think it's, I think it's about choosing to forgive and choosing to, it's all about decisions Mm -hmm. and, and what, and what am I saying is the most important in my life? And if it's him, then I have to make the choices that reflect that and that show him that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I have to allow myself to be vulnerable enough mm-hmm. to say, you hurt me when you did that or when you said that or when you didn't do that. You know, I think about Valentine's Day not long ago. Early on in our marriage, I told him, look, I don't want flowers. I don't want candy. We don't have money for that. Don't. It's just a waste of time. And I don't need the sugar anyway. So just mm-hmm. don't. And so w- that's always kind of how we've lived. And now that the kids are gone, we got a little bit of extra money. This Valentine's Day, we didn't. We did our normal Valentine's, which is really, you know, not not nothing special. It's just another day. And he came home and he said something about flowers. And I said, you know, I think I'm kind of ready for you to start buying me some flowers. <laughs> Go ahead and yeah. do that. You know, I, I'm ready for that now. I could have taken that moment and just pushed it down and not told him what I needed. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's a simple thing. It like, is. come on, flowers are flowers. Are flowers are what? What? But right. it's Valentine's Day and everyone's talking about their husbands and their right. flowers and candy. And I Let's want the flowers. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've been together a long time. We should, and we have money now. That's the big thing. We have, yeah. we can afford for you to buy me flowers. And so the other day he came home from Trader Joe's with the cutest little bouquet of flowers just because. And it wasn't Valentine's Day. And I was like, he got the message. Look, I communicated. He heard me and he responded. It was Tony. I love <laughs> Come that. Come on, man. Again, that's another practical day to day. Yes. Action of how to live this out intentionally. Mm-hmm. And Tony, you said it before that you have to do the work. Yeah. So I love, Trisha, that you didn't expect him to be a mind reader, that exactly. you told him what your right. desires were, and that's how he knew to respond. We do that as women. Mm-hmm. We expect them to just exactly. know. That's why we say it was fine when it really wasn't fine, <laughs> right. because they should know and understand that. So I think, yeah, he, he did a great job. I, I think one of the things that we, one of the mistakes we all make is our lives are extraordinarily demanding. Our schedules are uh, very full. Um, when we were building, uh, adding on to the campus of our church, uh, I had this one really cool moment with one of the framers there. And and I was asking him a question about the wood or something. I don't exactly remember exactly the verbiage of the conversation. But he said, yeah, this isn't great wood because we export our best wood to China. And what, mm. what we're left is not the very best. It's good, but it's not our best. Mm-hmm. And as I walked away from that, 
I, I thought, maybe we do that in our marriage. We export the very best of us into all these other demands and all these other relationships and all these other voices mm-hmm. so that when I get home, I don't have grade A lumber to build my house. Mm-hmm. I, I'm using I'm using up the leftovers to build this house. Yes. I'm, I'm building up. So I'm so I'm extraordinarily patient with the with the staff. I'm extraordinarily patient with the member going through a frustrating and difficult season in their life. And yet when I get home, I'm tired and I'm weary and there's not much left in the tank. And therefore I am not very patient with Tricia. I don't want to listen to another issue today. I just, I just want to go and be me. So I think for me, finding places where I am not exporting the best of me somewhere else. Yes. I want to bring some of the very best back to this house. And that, that means so that when we sit and we talk, how do we engage? How do we look at one another? Uh, how invested am I am in this moment? It's kind of an old cliche, but how am I present in this present moment mm-hmm. that shows her that she really does matter more than mm-hmm. my job, more than my career? She knows my life is busy, and she knows, and I know hers is as well. But it gets back to that choice thing. Yeah, and, you know, I'm I'm going to put another little curveball in there too. I I think oftentimes. Uh, we find that couples that exporting the the best mm-hmm. is to our children, mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. and when we do that, you know mm-hmm. our the the marriage relationship suffers. Yeah, you know I, mm-hmm. I I wish I had a nickel every time I heard that from a husband or a wife mm-hmm. who who said you know like the priority of our marriage is about seventeenth down the line. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So. I, I love the illustration of the lumber. I think that there's a lot of truth in that. What we've experienced in that is now if, if, if Trisha makes the children the priority, if she makes the job the priority, if she makes the relationship with the girlfriends the priority, and vice versa and all that stuff in me, I, begin res- I get resentful. And it doesn't just impact my relationship with Trisha. Now I'm a little resentful for my kids. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not loving them authentically. Now I'm jealous of them. Now I am elbowing them out of the way. Uh, now, Which you're not proud of. <laughs> no, no. And, and, and now, now I'm struggling with this on guilt. Why am I doing this with the wrong kids? Or instead of encouraging her healthy relationships with her girlfriends, now I feel as though I'm competing yeah. and that somehow I've got to leverage my way back in there and get rid of those things because it's robbing me. Yeah. And so, so for Trisha, I, I want to know that when I'm giving myself to her, when I have this time, when we're making this choice, that she's getting the best me that I can bring to the table, mm-hmm. not just the leftovers. I mean, we all have to eat leftovers sometimes, right? We can't, cook. but the best meals are the ones that we really cook up the best food. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are seasons. Stuart likes to talk a lot about seasons of our lives. Oh, and, my goodness. And yes. there are times that we're, you know, it's crumb time. And, <laughs> but, but, you know, when the, when the foundation, the work, has been done to to cultivate our marriages, then w- you know we can we can withstand. There's resiliency, mm-hmm. you know, if you will, because mm-hmm. of the foundation you know that that we've invested in mm-hmm. in our marriages. I think one of the most comforting things I know is that with my wife is the safest place on earth. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's what makes it sacred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is where I can be my true, authentic me. Yeah. You know, um, here, here's the... Here's the struggle. I pastor a large church, and they all know me as Pastor Tony. She knows me as Tony. Mm-hmm. She knows uh, my struggles, my weaknesses, my frustrations, my setbacks, my shortcomings. And yet she welcomes me into this, this place with her yeah. that is sacred and holy, and it's safe. Yes. Because she has created that for me. I, I hear you on that. And, you know, I think about uh, people out there that who are listening. Um, you know, they they hear things like your story earlier about, you know, Valentine's Day or mm-hmm. having flowers. Or, you know, there's some out that are listening like, gosh, that's so, that's not even my world. Like, mm. like I've got these these big issues mm-hmm. like we're trying to figure out if we're going to stay married and right. and you know you're talking about your wife you know making a sacred place for you to you know mm-hmm. to be authentic to be yourself you know that that is that comes from i know this is true that that comes from the hardships that you folks have experienced and then made choices to be god's best in marriage, like that's the foundation of this thing, and I just want our listeners to, you know, that for those of you that are that are really struggling right now, mm-hmm. to hear that and have hope that you know what it is possible, mm-hmm. right? Even if you're you're in a place of real struggle, to begin building a foundation that I believe is God's best, maybe not overnight. But it's it's little things like step by step. Absolutely. Um, I, I just want folks to, to have that kind of encouragement that mm-hmm. um, you know we have the power, thanks be to God, to make choices in forgiveness, mm-hmm. in grace, and in giving our best, making choices like that that really can impact our marriage mm-hmm. uh, for the good. It, he again. I go back to the covenant marriage. You just keep describing layers of it of how to be intentional about your commitment and your mindset and your the way that Christ shows up in your marriage. And and I so appreciate the practical application because that's that's our heart's desire is that people will hear this and and be able to visualize that happening in their own relationship. Especially, you know, one of the things also we wanted to talk about was. When you do have struggle, the the intentionality to walk through it together, as David describes, having resiliency about walking through your struggles together. Um, can you speak some about that? Yeah, I, I would say that probably, um, you know, like every couple, we we struggled with everything that every couple struggles with. Mm-hmm. We've come struggled with communications, expectations. We struggled with physical intimacy. You know, we, we all go into these relationships, these covenants of marriage with this idealistic thing that this is going to, you know, every two days I'm going to hear Kenny G playing and, <laughs> you know, and it's game on. Um, and, and it's not that. We have, uh, we, we bring stuff in our marriage. We bring pain and hurt. And then we, we're just living out life and there's pain and hurt that goes with that. There's, there's external things. There's internal things. And, 
and it just rolls back down to, um, you know, we, we commitments are easy when we make them, right? I mean, it's easy to make a commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm going to commit to losing 20 pounds. You know, every year I'm going to commit myself to, to losing 20 pounds. And I do that after I have done nothing but grazed during the month of December. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud to report today that I am now just 25 pounds away from my <laughs> exactly. You know, so it's 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 easy to commit to. Oh, I'm going to go back to school and get my degree. I'm going to uh, get some new job training. Hey, I'm I'm going to really work on my marriage. Hey, I'm going to start doing a devotion until I have to begin to walk that commitment out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, when times are hard, yeah, let's mm-hmm. let's add that to yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to fast when my belly is full of food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, four hours in and my belly's going, oh, I'm, I could really use some Doritos right now. You know, and that's, you know, it's it's easy to be married when the conversation is easy, when the money is flowing, when the kids are behaving, when you Good move, sex is happening. Yeah, yeah all those right. things. It's like, yeah, we're rolling. What happens when all that comes to a stop? Mm-hmm. That's where our, 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 our metal is really tested. And that's where the fires begin to purify those metals of our marriage. Can I tell you, you guys, there, I, I wish I had, you know, a nickel for every time I've looked to a couple when we've talked about, like what we're talking about here, making choices um, that truly can make a difference in, in our intimacy, mm-hmm. uh, in our connection with one another. And, uh, you know, I, I wish I, I, I you know, I, I even knew how many times I've looked at a couple and said, what do you have better to do mm. than to work on this? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what, what, what could there be better to do? Right. Right. To invest in and work in mm-hmm. um, to to make a difference. Because as you said earlier, Tony, it impacts every area of our life. Probably one of the most important things we did as a young couple. Now, we're 25 years in, and you're right. Uh, the challenge in communicating, the first law of communication is know thy audience. Um, and, and there are people that are listening to this podcast. You're, you're going from strength to strength in your marriage. There are other people who are listening, and, and you're trying to figure out, do you execute the bailout plan right now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and every spot in between and every data point along the way. And, and one of the things that Trish and I did early in our marriage, and for all of your listeners, wherever they may be on that continuum, we put older couples who were Christ followers, who loved Christ and loved their marriage, not perfect, but we put them in our life to speak into our life, to mm-hmm. give direction and guidance into our life, that we were not going to be able to navigate marriage by ourselves. We needed some people in our world that we could lean into, help us with finances, help us with decision-making, help. Would you just pray for us? Would you just lay your mm-hmm. hands on us and just minister to us? Because we we need this. Mm-hmm. And probably the most important, one of the most important uh, families, couples in our life were an older couple in our church. They've mm-hmm. both passed and go home to be with the Lord now, Claude and Jean Pettigrew. When we came to mm-hmm. Grace, um, uh, they had been married already 50 years. Wow. They would sit on the front row and they would hold hands during worship and they'd worship Jesus mm-hmm. and they were engaged and they would pray together and they would encourage one another. And they were just deeply, deeply in love. I mean, you could just like, yeah. like newlywed, like, yeah. and I remember one day we went out to lunch. I called 
Claude and said, hey, Claude, could I have lunch with you? I'd like to spend some time with you. And he said, sure. And we went out and we shared. And along the way, I asked him, I said, Claude, what's the secret to your marriage? Because it looks like you and Miss Jean are more in love today than the day you were married. He said, well, you've discerned that right. We are. Mm. You are. I said, what's the secret? And Claude said, I live my life for Jean. Mm. And I said, I'm sorry. Can you unpack that? What does that mean? He says, I take all that I am, my resources, my time, my talent, my strength, my goals, my dreams, and I lay it at her feet for her best advantage. Mm. I live my life for Jean. And I said, I didn't know what to do with it. It, it arrested me. Mm-hmm. It just it, it just jarred yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think my comment was, well, aren't we supposed to live our life for Christ? And I'll never forget the moment. He you were looked, a young preacher then. <laughs> he looked at me. He said, Tony, I'm living my life for my wife. I am living my life for the glory of Christ. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good word. And, yeah. and this is what happens. And so... I go home that day and Trisha asked me, she said, hey, how was lunch with Claude? And I said, it was great. She said, why'd you talk about it? I said, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. <laughs> wow. I, I wasn't ready to deal with that. Yeah. And, and here's part two of that story. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks later, you had lunch with Jean. Mm-hmm. I had. Well, I met with Miss Jean pretty regularly for a Bible study. She wanted to mentor me, which was precious. And um, I asked the same question, just you know, how do you, how are you guys still as great as you are? You've been married forever. How do you love him? And she gave me the exact same answer. I live my life for Claude. She said, Trisha, a long time ago, I asked the Lord to humble my husband, to humble him. And he quietly said to me, you keep him happy and I'll humble him. Mm. You keep him happy. That's your job. Keeping him happy. I'll take care of the humbling part. And she said, I do that by laying everything I am at his feet and giving everything I have to him. So How precious. It, it really goes back full circle to the covenant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, how you described that earlier mm-hmm. of, um, you know, the commitment, the promise being that to satisfy you, to lay my life down for you. Mm-hmm. How, did, how did Jesus say it? There's uh, no greater love than this. Right. Right. Can I tell you the, how that story ends? Yeah. So Jean and Claude live another 15 years. The last six or eight years of her life, Miss Jean uh, ends up with dementia, mm-hmm. Alzheimer's. Uh, Claude was on our elders board. Mm-hmm. Tony, I can picture that. Yeah. As you're talking, I can picture them sitting in the front row, and I love that you're talking about them. So Claude's on the elder board, Mm -hmm. and one night, uh, at the end of the meeting, he said, if I could have a moment, uh, man, I need to resign from the elders board. Mm -hmm. And we said, well, Claude, why? He says, many of you know, my precious wife, Jean, is at home with dementia. And the remaining years of my life, I'm going to be live serving her. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. There were guys in that around that table who were not in right relationship with their wife right then, who had been sideways, who had been frustrated, and there was some tension in the room with their own marriages. And I'm telling you, in that moment, it 
broke that room. When you see that type Mm -hmm. of sacrificial love, and that sacrificial love meant that he was going to be Miss Jean towards the last two years of his life. She couldn't even communicate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But he held her hand every day. He loved her. He spoke to her. Mm -hmm. And when she died, and I did her funeral, I asked Claude several weeks later, Claude, how are you doing? He said, I'm managing. But what I know is that the very best part of me is already in heaven. Mm -hmm. That's That's what we want. That's the type of relationship we want to experience, not just at 25 years, Mm -hmm. but at 30 years. So we got a lot of growing Mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. And and so for that couple who's out there who's ready to bolt, I'm telling you, get people in your Mm -hmm. circle. Mm -hmm. Right. Who can speak that type of life into you? Mm-hmm. If you'll, I'm telling you, if you'll pray about it, the Father will because yeah. He's committed to your marriage more than you are. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good word right yeah. there, folks. Mm-hmm. I, I love seeing the emotion mm-hmm. uh, in both of your eyes uh, talking about that dear couple. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it blessed you. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, they were blessed a blessing. You. Yeah, for sure. So you know, at the end of our uh, episodes, we like to do a call to action. But, oh, my goodness, you've been giving calls to action throughout the entire episode. I mean, you have laid it out there for for actions for spouses to take, for them to think about and to um, talk about with each other. It's been so powerful with you today. Yeah, it really has been. Um, we believe that when folks, you know, have a call to action, like where we we give them something to go do, mm-hmm. right, Um to act on, um, you know, it just kind of anchors, you know, the, the, the message, the content of a particular episode. Otherwise, there's no change. So, uh, you know, one of the things that we want to ask couples to do is to have a conversation uh, with your spouse about the promise or the covenant, as Tony uh, talked about earlier, you made with each other. Okay, maybe even going back to remembering your vows, Mm. like what you said to one another Mm. uh, in in that in that wedding ceremony. Um, And I I remember for Stuart and I, you know, we used First Corinthians 13, Mm. uh, you know, love is patient. Uh, Stuart, I promise to be patient with you and kind with you and uh, not keep records of wrong with you and uh, you know, so on and so forth. Everybody, uh, most people know that passage. Have I pulled that off every day, Stuart? Me, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. But my goodness, that's who I want to be. And and that was my promise to her then, and it is today. Mm-hmm. So think about uh, what your vows were. What was that covenant that you folks made to one another? And then, as you're talking, think of what new covenant you together can make now, now that you have grown together, um, have a discussion about what you can decide that's new. I love that. That's good. Um, and also, folks, we say this often. Uh, please, please uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Dr. David Anderson Impacting People. It, it uh, Number one, you'll get a daily dose almost of some kind of encouragement or some kind of you know message uh, you'll even get uh, uh, videos from Stuart and I uh, cutting up and hopefully, but with a message. But we we really want you to do that because it helps us uh, reach more people, um, people just like you and me. So we, please do that with us. 
Trisha and Tony, we just um, thank you is not enough for the way that you gave of yourself today, and not just in story, but in in just your heart. And um, we thank you for that. Thank you for being here, and for all of our listeners, we we love walking with you through throughout your marriage as you're trying to navigate all that we've talked about today. So um, we're glad that you were here today. We really are. And listen, folks. Don't forget to drive that red truck in your marriage today. Bye for now.